Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds to uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. Hello and welcome to MHI Cast. Uh, today, the topic is peak season and how warehouses and DCs can prepare for the expected increase in business as we enter the fourth quarter. We have two guests today Brian Devine of EmployBridge and Gerald Parrott of the Parrott Group. Uh, both of them are members of the Advisory Council for Work. Work is the Warehouse and Educational Research Council. First and foremost, gentlemen, thank you for being here. And we're speaking about the effect COVID-19 has had on distribution centers uh, preparing for peak season amid a pandemic and, of course, some long-term effects that we may see. So let's jump right in. Uh, why don't we get into some of the e-commerce trends that, that you're noticing um, or you have noticed rather in the past several months. Why don't we start with you, Gerald, please. During the early part of the pandemic, uh, it, it looked like people during lockdown, there was, there was still not a, a tremendous amount of increased e-com buying. But what we've seen as people have settled in is that there's a significantly uh, higher number of, of e-commerce traffic. Latest reports I've read show about seven and a half million new digital shoppers just in the U.S. alone, and um, and then really the the, the latest you know we, we were tracking towards about fourteen percent year over year growth in e-commerce, and currently the projection is at least twenty percent growth compared to twenty nineteen. On top of that, the companies that are are, are Performing e-com services are reporting that they're having 15 to 1 peak to, to normal ratio, which means oftentimes their volume is 15 per, or 15 times higher than what they would ship in a normal day. So it's consistent with Cyber Monday or Black Friday kinds of shopping trends. So that's what we've seen so far, and expectations are for Q4 to continue this trend and be incredibly uh, busy in the e-com sector. Yeah, it's interesting. Thanks for that. Brian, how about you? How do you think these trends are going to affect the upcoming peak season? Well, each year there's a huge demand for labor in October, November, and December. Once again, as we order most of our holiday gifts online and go to the stores. Uh, so the retail peak season already contributes to the need for more labor in these warehouses and distribution centers. Now we're expecting the 2020 peak season to require even more labor in these distribution centers and fulfillment centers. So it's already difficult filling all the open job orders. So we, we are encouraging companies to take every possible action that they can take to attract the best workers in the marketplace. Absolutely. Let's get into what companies can do to attract these workers. We do an annual survey of, of warehouse workers and manufacturing workers around the country. These blue, we call it the voice of the blue collar worker. And as a matter of fact, in 2020, we had over 30,000 participants in our annual survey. And these hourly associates tell us exactly what's important to them when they're looking for a job. And the number one thing that attracts workers 
this worker is a good competitive pay rate. So we encourage companies to make sure that their pay rate is really competitive for the market that they're in relative to the jobs that they have uh, filled, whether they be order selectors or forklift operators or truck unloaders. The, the first thing that employees look for is a competitive pay rate. The second thing is a good solid work schedule so that people have can count on a certain number of hours each week. And then I also encourage companies to provide, certainly in the logistics space, to provide some flexibility to that workforce because we think that there, and we know actually that there are people that are willing to take additional jobs, like a second job or a stay at home parent that might like to supplement their income and, uh, but they can't commit to 40 hours a week. So in order for us to make it through this peak season, I think companies are gonna to have to get real creative in, in providing for a flexible schedule. Thanks, Brian. Uh, Gerald, what types of things have you noticed companies doing to attract and retain workers? What we think or, or what people are doing, you know, it, it starts with good leadership at the top. You know, the, the, good, the good companies that already had good processes, retention processes in place, good cultures in place going into the pandemic, they're not struggling as much as those that were maybe struggling before the pandemic, but they're still struggling some but they really rely on their culture to, to recruit and retain and, and oftentimes avoid um, the, temp, the temp labor scenario. And then the other companies, you know, we're, we're hearing numbers of certain areas of the country like central and eastern Pennsylvania, um, southern California, um, parts of Texas that are in Indianapolis, Indiana, for example, that the number of job openings are just incredible compared to last year, central Pennsylvania, Eastern PA, I heard just a few weeks ago, 1,200 openings in the warehouse, in, in the warehousing industry, just in one town. In, in a town where there's a massive amounts of distribution centers. So I think what, what companies are having to do and what I don't always advise is, of course, you've got to have a competitive pay rate, but you have to. You don't necessarily have to be at the top of the scale, however. So I would be careful with that. I think the next thing is ensure you've got a safe working environment. It's one thing to have an industrial, have an, an industrial safety program and practices, but in today's world, you, we, we've raised the level of hygiene in a distribution center. So ensure that you have the COVID-19 best practices in place that go above and beyond social distancing, just ensuring that, that the restrooms, the break rooms are cleaned of on an ongoing basis, sometimes at least two to three times a shift, those kinds of things. Your leadership, are on, they're on the floor, not in the office and not not working from home. This is a time when you, you can't lead distribution centers sitting from a home office. You have to be front and center. I think also, you know, company policies are quite important. We, we've got to have discipline in place. At the same time, now's probably not the time to be so rigid when it comes to attendance policies. I would just be careful with that, take it on a case-by-case basis, but, but still balance it with some consistency, but you might wanna loosen that. I would rather loosen the attendance policy than lose good people that may not be as dependable as they need to be to only have to go out in this very tight market and try to recruit more people. 
I think some some other things are you know not not every employment market is so tight. So I would encourage HR and recruitment teams to go into some of these subregions in the company in the country that have been hit with factory closings or other kinds of things that have happened that you have a strong workforce, but there is no work there. So find a way to tap into that workforce that may be further out, whether it's using a bus system and investing in temporary hotels, whatever the case may be. Is it expensive now? Yeah, it's expensive now, but it's a lot less expensive than getting significantly behind as you try to work through this e-com volume. And then lastly, I would just say, you know, take care of your leadership teams, the, the, the leaders that are on the floor, encourage them. Because of the volumes that we just talked about, likely these people are already working very long hours that they would normally work the last couple of, well, maybe, uh, let's say, October and November timeframe leading into Christmas. They've been working those hours for the last few months. So make sure you're taking care of those people and they'll, they'll take care of your hourly workforce that you're really working hard for. That's interesting. You know, Gerald, you mentioned leadership and the need to support them during this time. What do you mean by that? It goes back to, to culture. And, and I would say if you have the right culture established, then, then that, that answer shouldn't be so, so difficult. So, one, the senior leaders in an organization need to, to be available. I think you know, anybody can sit at a computer and type out a thank you note to a supervisor or a distribution center manager. That takes about 20 seconds at the most. So if, I'm, if I've been working 14 days straight and my family's been at home and they've been dealing with all, all of my being away, you know, what, what would be more impactful to me is a personal note sent to my house to me, thanking me, thanking my spouse, my family for, for this sacrifice. Pick up the phone and call your leadership team and, and see how, you know, see how they're doing. Don't, don't just start into a thank you note uh, by phone, that is. But how's it going out there? What can we better do to support you and your teams out in the field? What do you need? What concerns you? Um, how can we better support you in, in recruitment and retention efforts? These kinds of things. So that's one area that, that, especially during these times, leadership has to be front and center. And then I would also offer that there's really no other time that I can think of that people need to loosen up a little bit at work. So as I use the term hokey, but as, and as hokey as it may sound, do some things to make being at work more fun. People, we're all stressed out. We're stressed out at home with, with what we're all dealing with, with the pandemic and, and these other challenges that, that we have to deal with that aren't even related in some respects. So lighten it up at work a little bit, find those people in your operations that, that, that are, um, they, um, they're just, they're people that others want to be around. They're magnetic if you will. And it doesn't have to be the site manager. So find those people in the operation that like to have fun, but also like to get others involved. It doesn't have to be a, a cookout, for instance, but just figure out something to do in the distribution center that make people feel good and keep doing it. No doubt there are some excellent takeaways here for, for our audience, Gerald. Thank you. Uh, Brian, 
Is there any advice that you can give companies who, who are preparing for peak season right now, uh, perhaps something you found in the blue collar worker study? The single most important thing to them during the pandemic is the health and safety of themselves and their family. So companies have to promote the fact that they're taking every possible precaution to make sure that they're providing a healthy and safe work environment. Basic things like temperature checks and social distancing and providing uh, barriers in between workers, uh, flexible barriers in between workers, things like that, the most basic things. And companies have an obligation to the workers to make sure that the workers feel safe. Uh, many companies are, are providing additional um, sanitation. You know, they're adding staff to their sanitation crew to make sure that the break rooms and the restrooms and all the public areas are cleaned much more frequently than they had been in the past. To make that once again, uh, confirms to the worker that the company cares about their health and safety foremost, and then productivity secondarily. Yeah, and I imagine sanitation has become a priority for many businesses now. Uh, Gerald, do you have any advice on how to prepare for what will likely be a busy fourth quarter? The one, you know, write your playbook. What at the end of peak season, when you look back at it, will be success? Define what success looks like and then work backwards. What do we need to do to achieve what success is? Is it shipping 5,000 orders a day? Is it 10,000 orders a day? Is it um, shipping X amount per week? Is it doing so with uh, X percent turnover rate getting, getting to the end of peak season? Those kinds of things. And that's easy to say, okay, that's what it looks like. Now work backwards and say, how are we going to do it? Involve the entire team and then practice. You can't practice enough. So what are some of the things, what's gonna happen to that will hinder us from achieving this goal. All the things that we talked about, work through those scenarios. Make sure that you've got your transportation providers lined up with contingencies, your labor providers, ensure that you're, you're working with them and your team isn't just calling a temporary agency and saying, yeah, just get ready, invite them over into the planning process. Invite your final mile or transportation providers into the planning process any other key providers that work with you that are a critical part of the supply chain, get them involved in this, this, this process, practice, and then go forth and conquer. I do think the preparation, the more preparation and the hard work companies and teams put into this now and probably two months ago, the better off they're going to be as they work through this peak season and to the end of it. And, and be careful, just because we get through peak season, it, it, likely we're going to still be in a pandemic situation. We're still going to be in the, the flu season. That doesn't mean that the volume is going to turn off right after peak season. It might reduce some, but we're probably going to go into 2021 with a continued higher level of e-commerce volume. Yeah, I appreciate that, Gerald. You know, we're just about out of time, uh, but before we leave, I'd like to know what you both think the long-term effects uh, of this will be. Brian, why don't you go first? What we see in long-term effects or what we're anticipating in long-term effects is that they're gonna be 
a greater demand for more regionalized logistics and distribution centers and e-fulfillment centers because there'll be a greater need. Some of the jobs that were housed in literally the stores, the retail stores, some of those jobs have shifted to e-fulfillment centers. And so there, there is gonna be continued demand for that. More and more companies, instead of having three distribution sites to service the entire country, they're shifting to a model that requires 23 distribution sites and they'll be smaller and more nimble and be able to get uh, product to the end customer, the individual customers, consumers like you and me, uh, on a day's notice or, or in many cases within 24 hours. And I think what we're learning long-term that will be applied well into the future is that uh, we can use robotics and automation to be even more productive but I don't think we're going to see uh, automation and robotics replace workers. I think what we're going to see is that it will make the workforce more productive, the, the people that are in the fulfillment center. So if a large fulfillment center requires 200 people to run on a normal basis, they might be able to get that same amount of output with 100 people or 150 people. But there's going to be a high demand for, for all types of skills uh, in fulfillment centers, uh, except now there's going to be more of those fulfillment centers scattered around all parts of the country. I think when we're in these times, it's really important to continue. You want to be disciplined about how we're managing our operations. We also want to ensure that we're developing our people at the, at the same time. And it's easy to get into these kinds of situations and kind of push training and development off to the side, especially when it comes to the leadership ranks. And, and I, I would argue there's no time, there's no important time to continue doing those kinds of things. Never forget that this is a people business. And no matter where we end up, whether it's 2021 and this can drag out till 2022, I would, I would recommend that everyone not put false um, goals in mind to think about, well, the pandemic will be over by Christmas or it'll be over by election or we'll have a vaccine by election day or we'll have this by Easter. Or we'll have this by summer that we, we may not. And, and the fact is that we may want to, we, we need to be thinking about as leaders that we've got to coach our people that this we're in this for the long term. And many of the things that we put in place, especially the, the increased hygiene uh, uh, processes and awareness, those need to continue on, period, because they're proven to make people safer and not pass off colds or flus or, or any kind of germs. So uh, anything, those kinds of things that we're doing in the distribution centers, we're doing in airports, we're doing in our cars, I, I think we just need to keep doing those forever. Well, gentlemen, I thank you earlier, but I'll thank you again for contributing and joining us today here at MHICast. Really appreciate the contributions and the impact you both are making uh, on, on our industry. Uh, and as well, thank you for listening at home, in your car, or from your office uh, to MHI Cast. You know, Brian and Gerald, as a plug, recently wrote an article 
uh, about the upcoming challenges of Q4 and peak season. You can find that on work.org. That's W-E-R-C dot org. Or simply click the link that's baked in the description. At MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to the next level of success. Thanks for making us part of your professional development journey.